You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Plenty of Browns news and news from around the NFL going on that we need to get to on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Uh, Daryl, I want to start with some of the big news that happened within the last 24 hours. Uh, we will no longer have First Energy Stadium. I told you that stadium was going away. All right, well, now it's back to Cleveland Brown Stadium. But the naming rights uh, have been de- uh, parting ways. I'm trying to think of a nice way to put this because First Energy obviously dealing with some issues and the Browns uh, get the opportunity to resell the naming rights off. Uh, considering they would have been up in, what, seven years at 30? Does that sound right? Uh, at the end of the lease, so 2028 when the lease expired. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a clean slate for both parties involved. As you mentioned, obviously, First Energy embroiled in that uh, bribery and corruption scandal uh, related to the, the state legislature. Um, there was the move last year by Cleveland City Council where – they basically wanted first the Browns to get rid of first, you know, first energy is uh, on the stadium name anyway. And mm-hmm. they passed that toothless resolution. Cause like there was nothing the council could do. Um, and they started to get real petty about it. Uh, any legislation related to the stadium for like emergency expenses and stuff. They started referring to it as the uh, municipally owned facility at 100 Alfred Lerner way or whatever the stadium address is. They wouldn't call it, First Energy Stadium uh, in the legislation. So as they go through the process of trying to figure out what the future of that building holds, um, I think the conversation becomes a little easier because that name is no longer attached. It's once again, Cleveland Brown Stadium. And I have a feeling that this time next year, uh, it will be renamed something else (laughs) because- Oh, I don't think we even get into the season next year before it has a rename. It'll have another name. 
I know we we talk about the process being slow sometimes, but if the Haslam's are looking for money quick, I mean, that's an easy way to do it. You just resell the name and you're good to go. I mean, I can't see them. I, I can't, I don't, I think we go into next season with a new name. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I think it'll be Cleveland Brown Stadium for this season, and then next year it, it'll be a, a new name. Uh, and then the interesting thing will be is how long that rights deal is because what if they move out of that building into a new facility at some point? Uh, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not all that surprising considering everything that was going on uh, behind the scenes. But I also think that the Browns are going to make a lot more money off the naming rights deal, which quite frankly, they're going to need to do because they used that first energy, uh, the original naming rights deal with first energy back in 2013. They used that as a repayment mechanism uh, for the NFL stadium fund loan that they had taken out for that $125 million renovation they did in 2014-2015. Hmm. Um, I, I think you bring up an interesting point. Does this make the conversation with City Hall a lot easier to deal with, whether we're talking about refurbishing this stadium or building a new stadium? I think it does, quite frankly, because let's be honest about it. Politicians, Andy, they can be petty, right? Yep. Um, and I think it'll make that conversation a, a, a little better. Uh, maybe in the legislation now they can just put Cleveland Brown Stadium or the Cleveland Brown Stadium because here's the reality. Like they had to come up with 10 plus million dollars last year for stadium repairs, which are being completed this offseason. Um, there is some mechanical repairs to stadium systems that, that are uh, taking place here. Uh, they're repairing uh, a lot of the ramps, the surfaces on the ramps, which uh, have fallen into decay. So that's uh, an issue uh, that they're having to deal with. And just the expenses for just general maintenance, right? It's like mm-hmm. a house. I mean, stuff comes up, things break. You have to you have to hire the contractors to come in and fix them. If you can't do it yourself, I certainly know what that's like. But, you know, stuff happens. And um, the maintenance of that building, Andy, is very, very expensive. And, and that's why I've said in previous podcasts, I think I said it, with you and Baskin and Phelps on your show a couple of times that I just, I feel like Cleveland it's in the city's best interest to get out of the stadium game and allow whether it's gateway or some other formed entity to have to handle the upkeep of that facility, because there are emergency repairs that come up. You know, this is not that $10 million that I was talking about. That wasn't the Browns going to the city saying, hey, we want new carpet in the suites and we want to, you know, put oak paneling up on the walls or you know what I'm saying? Like, no, this is like legit stuff. Eric HVAC system repair and 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 and, you know, concrete surfaces on the ramps and, and steel repair and just like stuff that has to be done. And it's just, man, it, it gets really, really expensive. So, yeah, I think those conversations with City Hall now become a little cleaner or at least more le- less antagonistic, I maybe would be the word. Not to say that they were before. I'm going to be very clear. I'm not saying that they were before. But, you know, the fact that the, the, the controversy surrounding First Energy and the fact that the Brown Stadium, which is owned by the city, was named, uh, you know, by that company, 
Yeah, that was a thorn in the side. I mean, that resolution last year, I would like pass like 16 to one or something like that. And I know it wasn't binding or, and it was basically toothless, but yeah, I think Cleveland city council is very happy with the news that popped up on Thursday morning. So Daryl, as we go up and down this roller coaster of a new stadium, and it seems like the ball is kind of, I don't know if it was a roulette wheel of what was going on. It's, it feels like the, the ball is sitting in the, the hopper that says, let's revitalize the stadium that we have right now for whatever, half a billion dollars. And like, I'm wondering, and I know Jeff and I've talked about this a lot, that is that just verbiage to kind of get everyone to go, wait a minute, what are we doing here? We're going to sink more than half a billion dollars. When, if we go maybe two bill, we got a new stadium somewhere else. Is this just rhetoric to try to get to a new stadium or do the Browns really feel like this is it? They're not going anywhere. And, they're staying right where they are. I don't think it's rhetoric because I think they're resigned that they're stuck there. And so their focus right now is to make that the best possible complex they can. And, um, you know, they, they not forced, but their proposal that they put forth for lakefront development back in 2021, May of 2021, triggered a lot of governmental study which has co- is costing millions and millions of dollars, uh, not only from the state of Ohio, ODOT. I'm not sure if the feds are kicking into this thing or not, uh, you know, but to study connecting downtown uh, to the lakefront via a land bridge of some sort because you've got the shoreway that goes through there, the railroad tracks. I, I forget the, the rail company that owns those railroad tracks there. Those run through there. There's utilities that run, uh, run along those tracks as well. So there's all of these studies now that have been triggered. And on top of that, Cleveland City Council in December approved, I forget, it was a million or two million to hire a, cons- a consultation firm to come in and study the lakefront again. And that also includes uh, the stadium. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is going through the design review process with the city to do a $100 plus million expansion of the Rock Hall. Um, so there's that going on too. Um, so I, I think that that's why right now they are proceeding with the renovation proposal uh, the lakefront development proposal, but I, I just, I feel like the best thing for them to do is find another spot to build a new stadium, build a new stadium, have the city sell that land that the stadium is on to a developer, use the proceeds of said land as the city's contribution towards whatever new stadium, you know, towards the new stadium. And then there's zero tax dollars that come out of the city's coffers for it. Right. Right. You incorporate the, the, the state gambling revenue. They, they need to they need to go after those guys uh, in Columbus and and lobby them. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. There's conversation in Cincinnati now about them building a new state. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, Daryl. I was just going to say, how silly will we look if Cincinnati ends up getting a new stadium and we are stuck in the mud and the politics of not having forward thinkers in Cleveland? Where in Cincinnati, they know they're looking at the same. And this stadium was built in 99, right? And so you look at that stadium, and if they end up realizing that they're going to end up spending $700 million, is what I was reading today, at least 500, 490-something in uh, repairs right off the top, and then there was another $2 million 
for other things that needed to be done. I mean, they they know that. What how, how dumb are we going to look in Cleveland if Cincinnati says, you know what, we're going to get a new stadium? And remember what that stadium cost that county down there too. Um, there was a lot of controversy around that. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest with you, that stadium is nicer than the Browns stadium. Uh, Paul Brown's well, pay Paycor, I think is was Paycor Stadium, Paycor, whatever. Yeah. The, yeah, whatever the corporate sponsorship. By the way, you know what the Browns should have done? Mm. They should have totally trolled the Bengals and called it and renamed the stadium Paul Brown Stadium. Now, I do think that would have been awesome if they would have done it. They'll never do it. It's always <laughs> no, I, game day. In Cleveland. I know, he's, I know he's it would never happen, but I think it'd be the troll uh, job of the century. I think that would be awesome too. All right, he's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Greg Newsom, what was that story all about? We got that next. It's always game day in Cleveland. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Coach Waldo. I'm Daryl Ryder. Listen up. Mobile sports betting finally live here in the state of Ohio. BetQL wants to help prevent you from making bad bets. In order to win big, though, you got to download the BetQL app today and instantly get their models, best bets, live public info, sharp data, trends, much more right at your fingertips. Use code OH25 for 25% off your first month, head to betql.com slash news slash 92.3 the fan for exclusive sportsbook offers. And we'll find out if the Browns will be building a sportsbook within Cleveland Browns Stadium at some point, too, because they're now allowed to do that. I thought they already had committed to one. Uh, they have not committed the one just yet. I think hmm. they're uh, they're they're working on the details. Gotcha. OK, it's gonna let's happen. talk about let's talk about Greg Newsom for a second, right? I like in one second, there's this rumor flying out there that he's like demanding a trade. He's switching agents. He is, by the way, the headline could have been Newsom fires uh, LeBron James too. No one ever used that headline on this because he walked away from clutch, which was uh, his agent at that point. So what, what happened? Was that story ever real? Did he ever really want to trade? Like uh, the tweets I saw that went out from, uh, some people will say a uh, credible source. I mean, when you go out there and you tweet, hey, he he's he wants to trade, man, you, you would hope that someone had two sources on that and they went with it. What happened in that story? Yeah, I, and, and, and that's that's the problem with our business today. The the um, the desire to be first on something rather than making sure it's a hundred percent right or that you have the full picture. Um, Cause there's a lot of times where I have the heads up on stuff, but like, I don't have the full picture. So I kind of have to sit and wait until I have that full picture before just running with something. And I always say, you know, the last thing you want to be as a reporter is wrong on anything because that that's what people, because you were in a hurry too. That's the worst. Right. And so do I believe that Greg Newsom wants a trade or was ready to ask for a trade? Yeah. Um, but I think that 
um, someone jumped the gun on that. You know, what do you why mean? do you why do you change agents? Right. Well, yeah. he changed agents because he's going into year three of his rookie contract. So he's looking toward the bigger picture of making sure he gets paid on his second deal. He's not going to get paid on his second deal with the Browns if he stays in the slot because slot corners just, frankly, they they do not get paid. Um, him being frustrated with that particular role within the defense, by the way, also the worst kept secret on the planet. I mean, he himself has, has talked about, uh, you know, his frustrations with working in the slot, but he has also couched those frustrations with I'm a team player, I'm willing to do what's asked of me, even though I'm not, you know, crazy about or you know doing that. Um, and so, I think that that was a situation where there was some truth to it, but that wasn't the full picture. And the gun got jumped, and then all of a sudden, that left the agent Drew Rosenhaus having to deny it, which that was done like w- within mere seconds of the original report coming out. And then it led to Greg Newsom jumping on Twitter saying, Hey, I, I haven't asked for a trade. I, you know, I'm here. I just I just signed up to host a celebrity softball game this summer. I'm committed. Uh Juan Thornhill <laughs> jumps on Twitter, like, hey, my boy Greg Newsom can't be going anywhere. And then he jumps in and says, No, we're good, fam. I, I'm in it for the long haul, et cetera, et cetera. So now what is said publicly isn't sworn testimony either. You know, there's right. damn it, like. Because that report pops out there. Now, all of a sudden, the agent and Greg, they have to go into damage control right now. So, yeah, there is, I would say that there is a chance he still might want to be traded. But there's also a chance they didn't want that out there, that he wanted to be traded. That's, you know, that that's kind of part of it, too. So, um, it, How did it, it get out there, Daryl? How did it get out? Yeah, I, 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 I don't want to get into that 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 part but it's what that's one of those stories where you have to multi-source that type of a story you can't depend on just one person um i mean look i have had instances where i have had people tell me things with the intent that i was going to run to the nearest keyboard and get it out there and i don't Didn't. Because wanted to make sure that, you know, and I, in double checking, found out, well, nope, that it's a good thing I didn't run to a keyboard and, and spit that out there. Because then again, you know, that's what people remember is when you're wrong on something like um, and so only guys yeah. that can get away with it are the weather guys. They can yeah. be wrong. Yeah. You know, um, right. you know, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, like those guys can one source stories because they literally like. They just look at their phone and tweet out what is what you know what is texted to them. Like, it, you know, credit to them. They've established all those relationships around the league. With, I've you, seen with, them make mistakes though, Daryl, and so I, have you. I I know, but I'm just saying though. Like that, I mean, they literally just you know look at the phone. Okay, yep, and 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 we have seen instances where you know Adam Schefter has actually been criticized for being very sterile in his reporting and transactional in his reporting. Because that look, I mean, that's why ESPN pays him millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. It's his job to be very, you know, to have all the transactions first. Same thing goes with Adrian Wojnarowski and Sham Sharania and and uh, you know Ian Rappaport and you know the baseball side. You got the Ken Rosenthal's of the world and the Jeff Passons of the world, right? Those, those insiders, like their jobs are to be the first to have those transactional player movement type of of move, uh, news 
And so they can rely on one source because there's trust involved there. Like people, someone is not going to text any of those people that I've mentioned with inaccurate information. Now they might have a typo. They might accidentally do something right, but I might also have an agenda though, too. I understand that. But what my point is, is they're not going to intentionally feed them bad information where they're, where they're going to put a report out. That's blatantly false. It right. might not be a complete report. There might be more context to to a report. But my point is, is they're not going to be given information that is just downright blatantly false. And like I said, that's happened to me a few times. And thankfully, I was smart enough not to run with it. And there's and then the other thing, part of this too, I want you know, there's kind of a hierarchy. Like it's the NFL insiders, the main guys that make the millions of dollars that work for the networks that pay the billions of dollars for the broadcasts and the, that, that type of access. Um, there's the, those uh, that work for the publications of record, like Mary Kay Cabot here in Cleveland. She works for the plane dealer in cleveland.com. Um, and so she is given that respect. Tom Withers of the associated press, uh, Scott Petrak, the Illyria Chronicle Telegram, uh, Chris Easterling, the Akron Beacon Journal. Like those are the publications of record when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. Um, and so they're given uh, respect. And, and and so there's like a there is a little bit of a hierarchy uh, that comes with news. You know what I'm saying? And absolutely. And, and, and breaking news and things like that. Like when it comes to the hierarchy. I'm not ashamed to admit it, but like I am low man on, I'm one of the low men on the totem pole because it, you know, again, it goes NFL insiders first, publications of record second, and then, you know, uh, but let's rest, be honest, Daryl, it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. No, and, and, but I mean, it, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. I'm not, I'm I, mean, not I, I lived it for 11 years. I lived it, I, I've been on the inside and I've been on the outside, and we all know how teams, prioritize what they're going to do we all know that there are stories that get leaked to certain members of the media um we know i mean there's a whole subculture that that happens on how information gets out so you know sometimes there's and and, but i i think if you're a consumer you need to know who to trust that's all there really is to it right And, and and like i we know, you know, as well as I do, uh, that there are some stories that come out because of the branch or title of where someone is in the organization. And we sit and we turn and we go, well, I know where that came from. You and I do, but people at home don't. Right. So, you know, just trying to give people a little bit of a behind the 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 scenes, a little deep dive and, you know, how the NFL works. And uh, there is motivation, like because I know where I am in the hierarchy. So when someone tells me something, I the first thing I ask is, why am I being told this, and why why is that not gone to somebody else? Um, and then that tells me I need to check up on this before I just go ahead and and run with it. Um, so yeah, you just you, when you're talking about demanding trades and that type of stuff, like you, you can't be wrong on that. You just, you cannot, and you have to like, you just, you have to multi-source that you can't just rely on one person because there is the, the off chance that, Hey, somebody's using you to push an agenda that benefits them. Um, good stuff, Daryl. Good stuff. Yep. And we see that all the time uh, in free agency. Yeah. All right. It's always game day in Cleveland. More news about the Browns coming up straight ahead. 
It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, well, then subscribe to the podcast. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Some news headlines. Uh, Perry and Winfrey getting into a little bit of trouble. Thoughts? Yeah, um, just, uh, you know, it, it is a misdemeanor assault charge, and I'm not minimizing that by any stretch of the imagination, but also have to stress these are allegations that have been made. Um, he he was uh, arrested. Um, he has been accused of, of placing a tracker uh, on, uh, this, this, uh, woman's vehicle. Um, th- there is a protection order that's been put in place. He's not to have contact uh, with the, the accuser. Um, he is, uh, the, the court wants him to undergo a, a mental health evaluation as well. Um, so there, there's a, a lot to this, but, uh, again, it's, it's an unfortunate, uh, situation. Uh, I can't stress enough. An accusation has been made. Um, he has not been convicted. Uh, it is a misdemeanor charge. Uh, the legal process has to play out, but it is, in my view, um, another sign of immaturity on his part to put yourself in those type of situations. Like you just you have to be careful. Um, it, you know, when you're interacting, and I, look, I know that myself. Just when I'm out and about in public. Uh, I am obviously not always the most popular amongst Browns fans. And, uh, I make sure that when I am in public, that I treat everybody, you know, I respond to everybody respectfully that I do not know because the last thing I want is someone to say, Hey, Daryl Ryder was a a jerk to me when I saw him in public or he, So that means you give 20% every time you sit down at a table then, right? (laughs) I, I do tip. Well, I, I am very, I, cause I used to work in the service industry. Uh, one of my first jobs was was busting tables, and uh, I would uh, you know split tips with the the servers and that. So I make it a point to uh, to tip generously, unlike some famous pro athletes may or may not have reputations for not doing. But yeah, you just you have to be careful. So um, the the narr- the narrative, the accusations, etc. Um, again, uh, unfortunate, um, but I, I just. There were a lot of red flags with Perry and Winfrey coming, uh, you know, out. What, what, what do you think the organization thinks of this, Daryl? I mean, I don't. I mean, he didn't have they a gotta be that, They got to be. I mean, there were maturity issues that would happen last year. Where yeah, do you they, think they are with this? They had to send him home during week two, Andy, from practice, and say, "Hey, by the way, not only are we sending you home for the week, but uh, you're inactive on Sunday." Um, you know, Miles Garrett talked about how he need how Winfrey needed to learn to be a professional. Now, Winfrey then, uh, you know, after all that went down, it said that he knows he needs to mature and it's a growth and learning experience for him and that. But uh, he's a fourth, what fourth round pick, hundred eighth overall, something like that. Like, I don't know. At some point, the juice ain't worth the squeeze. And at, at, and that, Winfrey, at, at and, his place on this team, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, it, and the contributions on the field don't match the aggravation of what's going on for an organization that's trying to make sure their image is in the right direction. I guess yeah, that's the, I the mean, best way to put it. Look, what, what I remember when I was going to school before, you know, as I was getting into the business, one of one of the the things that came up in class was that you are a representation of your employer and um, everything you do is, you know, scrutinized. And on top of that, you're also very, very replaceable. You work in a very uh, expendable industry in in media. Um, Everybody wants to do what you uh, do. And so if you can't 
comport yourself maturely. And I admit when I was much, much younger, I was very, very immature. I, I admit that to this day. I, I have no problem doing that. Um, I have had instances where as I look back on my life, I am sometimes amazed that I didn't get fired or I didn't get disciplined harsher or whatever. And that's, that's on me. I'm not making excuses. I screwed up. I did things that I shouldn't have done way back when nothing to the point of getting involved with law enforcement. I'm just talking about, you know, like doing, doing dumb stuff. So uh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, hopefully he learns from it. I, I guess that's, if you're looking for my opinion or my thought on it, I just hope, I just hope it's something that he learns from, you know what I mean? That like, absolutely. He, you know, because at some point you got to grow up. And, um, I, I think that that's probably the fairest way, uh, to, I guess, talk about that particular situation. Daryl, last topic. OBJ finds himself in Baltimore, uh, fifteen million guaranteed. Bless him. You know, if yeah, he can get no that kid. money from them, that's what Jarvis Landry would say. Bless him. Yeah, and uh, yeah, fifteen million guaranteed. Maybe it goes up to eighteen. Uh, it was kind of funny watching that introductory press conference where he was like doing a little recruiting pitch to Lamar. Like, I do you really think he needs to do a recruiting pitch to Lamar though? No, I actually it's the other way around. It's like, why did I, I, did Baltimore do this because they wanted to solidify things for Lamar by bringing in? I, I, I'm assuming he'll be their number one receiver. I gotta think he will. Um, yeah. So, if, if anything, to show Lamar, hey, we're serious about giving you weapons. You know, in in. But here's the thing, like, and this is I'm not knocking Odell, but like, I am a little surprised by the dollars involved because he's coming off like he's blown that knee up twice. You know what I'm saying? Like he did it. Yeah, once. I just I think they spent. The I, I I actually am enjoying watching Baltimore kind of self destruct on some of the stuff. They just don't look right. Um, Daryl, last thing before we take off here too, I want to talk about on Sunday we will be in Independence at the Greeny uh, Sports Card Show. Looking forward to that. Uh, I believe we're going to do try to do some stuff for this show while we're there. But uh, we want to invite everybody to come out to Independence and uh, and ha hang out with us. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, it's going to be at the Independence Fieldhouse, uh, a ton of tables. A lot of our colleagues are going to be there, which I, I was really surprised by. But my guy, Greeny, uh, has really hooked it up. This is setting up to be one spectacular card show, unlike anything we have ever seen uh, before. I've been to a couple of his card shows uh, already. Um, I actually know his dad. His dad gave me my first job in the business way back when. Oh, that's in, awesome. In the late 1990s. Um, but yeah, come on out. Uh, I'll be there. Son, you're going to be there Sunday. Yeah, I'll so we're doing Sunday. a panel together. Yeah. Uh, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Yeah. It's at so, the Independence Fieldhouse in Independence. Yeah. So it should be a lot of fun. But the card show, there's a preview uh, six to eight on Friday. Uh, there's, uh, the uh, card show runs on Saturday, I believe from 10 to six, check greeniesportscards.com. Greeniesportscards.com has all the specific information. I, the reason I will not be there Saturday is well, the Cavaliers have game one of the Eastern conference playoffs against the New York Knicks. So I'm going to be a little preoccupied, but Sunday basket and I 
up on stage together. And then also we're going to try and lay down another uh, It's Always Game Day in Cleveland podcast live from the uh, the uh, the big Great Lakes uh, Collectors Convention. Outstanding. For our producer, Meredith Kane, who was the greatest, thank you for all of your help. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.